Journey into comics. Poor entertainment. Poor news. Foodies watching movies. Adulting 80s. Podcast read the voice of survival. Kids for sale. Gallif Radio. Bruise with dudes. Journey into wrestling. Journey into comics network. Journeyintocomics.com. The following, following. The following. Is a journey into comics. Journey into comics. A journey into comics. A journey into comics. Journey into comics. Journey into comics. Network. 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 Production. Production. Hey, this is Veronica from Foodies Watching Movies, and you are listening to the Journey into Comics Network Best of the Week show. Highlights from all the episodes on the network this week. Enjoy. And here we go. Ladies and gentlemen, you're listening to Journey into Comics. I finally had an opportunity here in December to watch a movie that came out back in October in theaters that I did not go and see. I told you guys I'd be sure to review it here as soon as it came out. wanted to talk about this movie. It is Sony's Venom, okay? Now, let me preface this by saying when the movie came out, uh, I'm pretty sure that... The week that movie came out, Blaine and Tyler hosted JIC 212, eight episodes back, eight weeks ago, right? They hosted JIC 212, every, gold stars for everyone, and uh, they did a spoiler-free review of Venom, and they talked about how good it was, how much they liked it, blah, 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 really hyped the movie up, you know, said Tom Hardy was fantastic in it, and, and really said a lot of good things, gave high hopes to me. Now, uh, it's funny because Tom Hardy is one of these dudes that I've said publicly like, oh, I don't like him, but it isn't without trying. I give him a chance. Every movie I go into watching with Tom Hardy, I go, okay, if his character will draw me in, I'm into it. You know what's funny? I love Inception. I don't bitch about Tom Hardy at all. You know why? He's a good character. It's interesting to watch him in that movie. It makes sense. It's not as interesting or good in these superhero movie attempts he's been doing, you know? And uh, I'm just going to get into it, folks. So I sat down, and at first attempt to watch Venom, it bored me. It put me to sleep, genuinely. Mid-afternoon, Nate took a nap because it was not it was not doing it for me, okay? So I, okay, fucking shake it off, motherfucker. It's going to be okay. We're going to give it a second chance. I go again. I try in the early evening to watch this movie. Second attempt, I made sure to keep myself awake and entertained and watching throughout and thinking about the movie and whatnot. Okay, so I'm going to give like a little breakdown of like the synopsis of the movie. This thing crashes to Earth and in China somewhere, there's this symbiote that's doing its own thing. And then they're in this lab and then you have Eddie Brock, and then Eddie Brock is this reporter dude, and he's got this girlfriend, and she's hot, kind of, and then, like, um, she has access to some files and some shit. He kind of sneaks and looks over some shit he shouldn't. He kind of does her dirty in that regard. Never pays the price for that, by the way. One thing that really bothered me throughout the whole movie, he plays this girl dirty, and she does not get any payback for him being an asshole to her, like, other than the movie, which I guess was harmful enough. So, and it's funny, guys, because I'm going to break the movie down, like, logically, like, what happened in the movie, so you guys understand the actual plot, and then I'm going to kind of go into things I and, and what I what I feel about this film. So, uh, 
he goes to do this big interview with this Life Foundation and this dude who's, uh, I can't think of that fucking actor's name. Riz Ahmad, maybe, I think, is his name. Yeah, I think it is. Uh, so, uh, and Eddie uses the information he found on his girlfriend's computer and calls this dude out for these allegations. And then, like, essentially, Eddie Brock gets blackballed. And it's like that. Um, I feel like Eddie Brock could have wrote a country song, how they predicted his, or how they, like, kind of played out his story in this movie because he loses the job, gets blackballed from getting any other jobs. The girlfriend is pissed because he cost her 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 job so now she's lost her job as well and now she hates him so she's tells him deuces that's something to note the boss one big pet peeve for this movie right out the fucking gate you guys the boss for eddie brock is like i'm sorry eddie you could you shouldn't have done this like this isn't how we operate things and eddie's like i got a feeling that he's a bad guy and he's like well, we don't work on you know uh we're not gunslingers in the wild wild west just working on hypotheticals you know but then he goes, have a nice life, Eddie. Have a nice life, okay? That's very important. So then when the girlfriend's dumping him, immediate next scene, she also says to Eddie, have a nice life. That's really fucking lazy writing, guys. Within like a minute and a half, there are two have a nice lives in the in the movie when that's your quote-unquote story arc you're trying to drive home for Eddie, which let me tell you what, as far as story arcs are concerned, don't come looking for a story arc in this movie because you're only going to find one kinda we'll get into that in a minute so uh eddie gets dumped from everything and he's like oh whatever and he goes to this fucking uh and it's kind of like they lay eddie out with this thing where everything he does he's being wronged and there's nothing that he can do to stop it which really drives the the quote-unquote loser point home you know oh this guy's just a mega loser and here's the thing it's not believable Tom Hardy's buff as fuck. Let me tell you something, man. If I was fucking Tom Hardy and my across-the-hall neighbor was playing some shitty fucking guitar, trying to be great at guitar at, like, fucking 2 in the morning, I'd kick his fucking door down and blow his fucking amp up with my fucking foot through the fucking speaker. That's exactly what I would do, man, if I was fucking Tom Hardy and jacked like that and had no fear. Come on now. You're going to try to get me to believe that Tom Hardy... Tom Hardy. That he was, like, just like... I'm going to freak out, but I can't do anything because I'm just this weak little dude. Like, you're not a little dude, man. You're fucking Tom Hardy. You're buff as shit. Like, obviously. So, everything goes wrong for Eddie, and then while he can't find a job and everything's going wrong for him, and he's completely, like, he keeps, like, slipping deeper and deeper into the problem of life, uh, the chick from the Life Foundation is like, Eddie, you were right all along. And this dude is really being a dick and 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 testing on people because we've seen and now in one of the other scenes that 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 dude is putting the symbiote in these homeless folks and lying to them. And the first homeless person, the symbiote rejects it. But here's the thing: in the movie, they say that every symbiote is attracted to its host, meaning that. It should not have even attempted to bond with the first homeless dude if they weren't compatible. It should have killed him and just taken him out. It was, a, again, another little thing that's we're going to build into this into the story of Venom here. So uh, so she tells him all about this, and he's like, okay, I'm going to try to help you. And he goes and he like sneaks in with her, okay? And then he's deep, deep in there and taking pictures of shit. And he sees this homeless chick that he was friends with who was, like, on the 
fucking she was like living out on the street and he was gonna like get a newspaper but she had them all all these free newspapers she's like it's five dollars and he's like i'll give you twenty dollars just don't sing to me but uh she's in the like cage no let me out and he like busts it open so then the thing freaks out and everything hell all hell breaks loose the symbiote uh she the the homeless chick attacks eddie and this is how the symbiote transfer goes on that's another strike against him bang you fucked up yet again and we'll talk about that in a minute so we're getting to all this folks i promise there's so much to discuss here so we are you know uh eddie is at home and this is kind of like the trailer scenes you guys have seen where he's at home and like everything's starting to act weird and he's seeing things and hearing voices and getting thrown up against the wall and what are you talking about eddie or whatever you know and uh and you know then don't open the door eddie and then he goes and opens the door and then these fucking bad dudes and then venom kind of takes over and this is where we get the real introduction of venom or whatnot and then, you know, it's kind of like, okay, so Riz Ahmed's character is pissed that the Venom is gone. He wants to hunt it down. They keep attempting to do it, but keep failing to get him. And, you know, they try and try. And Eddie goes to the doctor because he, like, in the scene with when he's Venom, he's, like, eating trash and shit. It's weird, you know, because the symbiote's hungry or whatever. So jump forward a little bit later in the movie and Venom's like, oh, it's not bad on Earth. It's it's kind of cool. Like, I don't want to kill everybody. I guess I'll I'll stay here or whatever. And then also he Venom bit the head off a thing, bit the head off a dude. Actually, he bit the head clean off a dude a couple times in the movie, and there was never blood. Okay, again, something that just doesn't compute with me. I'm not gonna let it slide. We're gonna get into all this here in a second. So, uh, he, you know, uh, Eddie is doing his thing, and then eventually he is, you know, ends up going back to the ex-girlfriend who's got a new boyfriend, and there's, there's like, one pretty funny scene with lobster tank, and Eddie Brock sitting in the lobster tank and starts eating a live lobster. It was fucked up and weird, but kind of hysterical, too, all the same. Uh, so then he ultimately decides, like, oh, I... I, I probably should go to the doctor because they keep telling me to. And the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend, miraculously figures out that the uh, that the CAT scan machine or whatever will remove the symbiote from him, which is really strange. And I'm like, I don't think so, Jack. That doesn't really that doesn't really compute with me because uh, she just miraculously knew that. Sure, this chick could be smart, but. She traps the symbiote intelligently. Like, come on, man. And let's talk about this. Here's another thing. There's a a Venom breakout scene with, uh, like, a motorcycle. And you've seen some of that in the trailer, too. Some of the absolute shoddiest CGI I've ever seen. Uh, And, again, we're going to dive deeper into that in a second. So, uh, ultimately... Riz Ahmed's character gets linked up with the Chinese lady symbiote from the very beginning of the sh- of the movie. She finds her way to America through a little girl. What the fuck? Like the symbiote does. And then Riot is born. So then Riot has this other plan that he's going to go and do what he can to shoot this rocket into space to bring all the other symbiotes back to Earth to inhabit this planet and take it over. 
and Riot's like got this like arsenal of weaponry built into him or whatever. And Venom's like, oh shit, like this is bad. Venom and Eddie are separated, like I said, and this is where things get interesting because Riz Ahmed gets a hold of Eddie and they're like trying to torture him to get Venom back, but obviously doesn't have him. He doesn't know where he is. So they go to execute him and he's in the woods and then something takes out the bad guys and it's she Venom. Okay. So the girlfriend took Venom, which it was his idea, Venom's idea, apparently, who Venom was hiding in a dog after he'd been trapped in the little like uh, cat scan room or whatever. Uh, I feel MRI room, maybe. Maybe it was MRI machine. Yeah. So, Venom gets back to Eddie, and Eddie's got to stop Riot, and there's, like, the long, big, uh, obligatory CGI fight in the third act uh, that, you know, ends with uh, Venom ultimately blowing up the spaceship that Riot is in, and it explodes, and as it's exploding, Venom like becomes a parachute for Eddie to bring him down slower into the water. And as that's happening, he's like, "Goodbye, Edgy," and and then it, you know he explodes because the explosion of the uh, rocket just disintegrates the symbiote. So Eddie, you know, lands in the water or whatever, and then he's okay. And then it flash forwards. They don't really explain him getting out of the water or you know. Any repercussions for the Life Foundation for having exploded a rocket? None, none of these things are talked about. Uh, and then ultimately, uh, he's talking to the ex-girlfriend. And she's like, sorry for kissing you, but it was Venom's idea again, blah, blah, blah. And uh, he's like, oh, yeah, sure it was. It was you. And then uh, he's like, but Venom's gone. You know, it's done or whatever. And then you hear Venom go, oh, she's hotter. No, she's not or something. I don't know. I remember exactly what Venom said. He starts talking, though, and you're like, hey, wait a minute. They didn't even explain how Venom survived that or how he's still inside of Eddie or, or what. Like, you just saw, like, most, almost all of that symbiote explode. What? Like, excuse me, huh? That doesn't make any sense. Okay. So then... He goes to the little Asian lady's uh, head shop there to get some stuff like back at the beginning of the movie where he had been wronged and hurt her or where he had hurt her get wronged, but he couldn't do anything. And the dude comes back to like, you know, take up payment and uh, Venom bites dude's head off again. And it's like, Jesus Christ, man. So that's the movie. That's like the whole thing, you know, Venom, 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 Venom. And Venom looked kind of like the dogs in Infinity War a little bit like those, uh, whatever they were, the Outrider soldiers, you know, uh, from the Black Order. But, um, all right, so when those dudes hyped how good this movie was, I, like I said, had had some high expectations. Before I get too much deeper into the things I did not like about this movie, I do want to briefly say there are some good things. First of all, I thought that Tom Hardy wasn't bad. You're listening to Poor Entertainment with your host, ladies and gentlemen. Please welcome Andrew Poor. And kind of keeping on the same somberish tone, it involves uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you don't know, uh, it recently came out there has been some uh, sexual misconduct allegations uh, by three women. Um, this is uh, an article from NBC News. Um, Lou deGrasse Tyson denies misconduct allegations as Fox and Nat Geo review claims. Uh, famed astrophysicist Neil deGrasse Tyson disputed sexual misconduct allegations made against him by three women after they 
the broadcast of his show Cosmos, a space-time odyssey, said they were reviewing the claims. Accusations can damage our reputation and marriage, sometimes irreversibly. Tyson wrote a lengthy post on Facebook addressing the three allegations Saturday evening. I assume myself as a loving husband and a public servant, a scientist and educator who serves as the will of the public. On Friday, Cosmos broadcasters, Fox News Broadcasting Company, and National Geographic said in a statement that they had only just become aware of the recent allegations against Neil deGrasse Tyson. We take these matters seriously in reviewing the recent report, they added. The allegations were first reported by the website Pathios, which features writing on faith and spirituality. The site last month detailed claims by three men who accused Tyson of misconduct, unwanted sexual advances, and assault. NBC News has not independently verified the allegations. Ted said in a statement he welcomed the investigation by Fox and National Geographic. The producer of Cosmos said in a statement they are committed to a thorough investigation of this matter. Caitlin N. Allers, an associate professor of physics and astronomy at Bucknell University in Pennsylvania, told Pathless in a report published Thursday that Tyson allegedly grabbed her arm while looking at a tattoo she ha has of the solar system and reached into her dress while looking for the dwarf planet Pluto. The incident allegedly took place at an after-party for an American Astronomical Society event in 2009. Allers said that while the experience was not an assault, it showed Tyson was capable of creepy behavior, according to Pathios. My experience with him is... He's not someone who has a great respect for female bodily autonomy, she said, according to Pathios. Alice Furman emailed NBC News the details of the encounter reported in Pathios. She said her hope is coming forward with was that the allegations against Tyson would be investigated, particularly those of the other two women accusing him who lives careers have been so very impacted. In his statement, Tyson said he had a professional history with the demotion of Pluto, which had occurred officially just three years earlier. And while I don't necessarily remember searching for Pluto at the top of her shoulder, it is surely something I would have done in that situation, he said. It was reported I was reported to have, quote, groped her by searching up her dress when this was simply a search under the covered part of her shoulder of the sleeveless dress. Tyson said he had only just learned that she found this behavior, quote unquote, creepy. That was never my intent, and I'm deeply sorry to have made her feel that way, he said. Second accuser, Ashley Watson, told Pathios that she quit her job as Tyson's assistant this summer because of alleged unwanted sexual advances. Watson said Tyson invited her over to his apartment one evening to share a bottle of wine and unwind for a few hours. According to Pathios, Watson said she'd agreed to go for a glass of wine because she felt pressure to impress him, Pathios reported. Tyson allegedly told Watson that human beings need releases in life and asked if there were any releases she needed, according to Pathios. As she got up to leave, Tyson allegedly stopped her and said he wanted to show her a Native American handshake that he knew, Watson said, according to Pathios. They handshake hauled holding hands tightly and making eye contact and feeling for each other's pulse, according to Pathios. Tyson allegedly put his hand on her shoulder and said, I wanted to hug her, but if he did, he'd just want more, the website said. The incident led to Watson quitting her job, Pathios reported. While Tyson did not name any of the accusers in his statement, he described various interactions with a female production assistant in the summer of 2018, including inviting her for wine and cheese as a capstone of our friendship during the final week of shooting Cosmos. So the woman later told him she was creeped out by the evening and viewed it as an attempt to seduce her. Tyson said he did not touch her until he shook her hand as she was leaving, offering a Native American handshake he had learned. You extend your thumb forward during the handshake to feel the other person's vital spirit energy, the pulse, he said. I've never forgotten that handshake, and I, and I save it in appreciation of people with whom I've developed new friendships. Tyson said he apologized profusely to the production assistant at a meeting in his office that, and that she accepted the apology. I assured her that I had known that I, had I had known she was uncomfortable, I would apologize on the spot, ending the evening and possibly reminding her of the other social gatherings that she could attend. He said, referring to a separate gathering of colleagues the same evening. She quit the day 
So we went that day with a few days left of production of the show, he said. Tyson also said that at work, Watson frequently offered hugs at work, which Jackson said on a few occasions he clumsily declared, if I hug you, I might just want more. My dentist expressed restrained but genuine affection, he said. Matthews had earlier published a report from another woman who said Tyson drugged and raped her in 1984 when they were both graduate students at the University of Texas at Austin in the 1980s. Tachia Ahmet had publicly accused Tyson of raping her in the past, saying that in 1984 Tyson allegedly gave her a glass of water while they were in his apartment, and the next thing she remembers is waking up naked in his bed, Ahmet had said on her website, that she reported the alleged rape to police 30 years ago after it happened and and has written about it, the alleged incident in the following years. Watson and Met did not immediately respond to a request for comment. Tyson denied the allegation and said in his briefs, in his statement that during his time at a graduate school, he had a brief relationship with a fellow student. I remember being intimate only a few times, all at her apartment, but the chemistry wasn't there, he said. He said that more than 30 years later, she accused him of alleged rape as my visibly... He said that more than 30 years later, she had accused him of the alleged rape as my visibility level took another jump. Tyson added that according to the woman's blog post, the drug and rape allegations came from an assumption of what happened to her during a night that she cannot remember. It is as though a false memory had been implanted, which, because it never actually happened, had to be remembered as an evening she doesn't remember, he said. Tyson said he had previously declined to comment on the allegations on the grounds that serious accusations should not be educated to the press, but clearly I cannot continue to stay silent, he added. Uh, this is just a few excerpts from his statement going along with what was reported. If you want to read his full response, which I think is probably the most eloquent response of someone in this situation, and it's relatively prompt. Uh, as we've seen in recent um, memory, what happened... Now I'm spacing on his name. Uh, the guy who hosted Talking Dead. Uh, I cannot believe I'm spacing on his name. But you've seen that his career, after he got pulled from the show and had to go through the whole investigation process you know he's brought back we haven't really seen much of him since um he was a lot in the public eye before that uh neil degrasse Tyson is very much a public figure it's this like saying bill nye he's on that same level in terms of people associating entertainment and science with a public figure so it looks like a lot of events can be misconstrued so we'll kind of see what these investigations bring but it looks like what he said seems like it's he's not necessarily at fault but in just these times if you have someone who works for you and you make suggestions even just to be friendly it can easily be misconstrued you don't know what's going on in someone's head or how they're actually reading the situation so it's really safe to practice caution in these situations especially when it's someone who is below you in terms of position so hopefully this smooths over and Neil deGrasse has continued doing what he's been doing and continue to teach um Kind of teach all the his followers and the people on the shows that he is a part of, and keep them interested in science. So we'll definitely have to see how that shakes up. And another bit of sad news, kind of moving away from that uh, to the another unfortunate passing, and that is of SpongeBob SquarePants creator Steven Hillenberg, um, who passed away uh, just recently. And kind of one of the results of that is that. There's been a petition to have the Super Bowl. Um, in the wake of the passing of Swindler SquarePants creator Steven Hillenberg, fans quickly sprung into action and created a petition calling for the National Football League to have an iconic SpongeBob song played at this year's coming Super Bowl. 
Sweet Victory, the song in question, is arguably the most memorable song to come from the iconic animated series, first appearing in a season 2 episode called Band Geeks. In Band Geeks, SpongeBob and Company joined together to form a band to play a song titled Sweet Victory at the Bubble Bowl, Bikini Bottom's version of the NFL's championship game. We originally reported on this petition a few days ago when it had 30,000, and in just two days the petition had nearly reached its goal. As of this writing, the petition has over 496,000 signatures. And as I am recording this, uh, that has also since jumped and is now at 654,000 over 500. And it's ticking up one every couple seconds as I'm talking. So definitely allows a lot of interest. And as some of you know, uh, Stephen Hoover, the creator of Sunday's Parent, has passed away recently, says Israel Kalunga, the organizer of the petition. The tribute to his legacy is contributions to a generation of children. And it truly showcased the greatness of this song we call for Sweet Victory to be performed at the halftime show. Hillenburg passed away earlier this week due to complications from ALS. He was 57. Nickelodeon remembered the creator in a heartfelt statement. We're incredibly saddened by the news that Stephen Hillenburg has passed away following his, a battle with ALS, Nickelodeon said in a statement. He was a beloved friend and longtime creative partner to everyone at Nickelodeon, and our hearts go out to his entire family. Steve imbued Swindled Squarepants with a unique sense of humor and innocence that has brought gen- joy to generations of kids and families everywhere. His utterly original characters in the work of in the world of Pinky Pond will long stand as a reminder of the value of optimism, friendship, and the limitless power of imagination. The date Sunday's reference has aired 11 seasons with 12th scheduled for next year, which is definitely an impressive feat. Um, I remember watching like SpongeBob and like Rockwell's Modern Life, which is the show we also had a part in, Many, many, many years ago, when I was just a, a just a kid watching Nickelodeon cartoons, so definitely shows that when you create something, its legacy can definitely outlive you, as we just saw with uh, Stan Lee just the on this past episode that or on this last episode of Poor Entertainment. But I think that's it for kind of the death and the gloom of what's been going on in entertainment news and the world news. And moving into some movie news, and that involves a kind of a surprising headline, and that is that the movie Crazy Rich Asians has flopped at the Chinese box office. Hollywood summer hit Crazy Rich Asians, which will be lucky to score more than $1 million in its opening weekend in China. Afternoon Missions Friday had ranked the romantic comedy in fourth place, but by Friday evening it became apparent that mainstream Chinese audiences' interest was barely flickering for the movie, and on Saturday exhibitors began ditching it in favor of other titles. Estimates from local sources suggest only an 8th place finish for Crazy Witch Asians over the weekend. With a performance far beyond Chinese made a cool fish and still potent venom, Crazy Witch Asians earned about 410000 on Friday and 400000 on Saturday. Although the film was a groundbreaking hit in the U.S. because of its all-Asian cast, is few stars of significance in China. Its release in the Middle Kingdom also comes several months after the rest of the world. As the extent of the film's disappointing performance at the box office became apparent, Chinese exhibitors reacted quickly, slashing the number of screenings per day about 32,000 on Friday to 18,700 on Saturday. A large number of potential mainland Chinese viewers have already uh, have already seen Crazy Rotations abroad or pirated online by this point. Others have been baffled by how what they see as a film full of Asian stereotypes could be celebrated as a coup for an on-screen Asian representation. The plot is passable, the quality of the production is also fine, but I still wanted a vomit a bit. One Chinese user wrote Sunday on major news platform, Dubin, D-O-U-B-A-N, where the film has a mightling 6.2 out of 10 rating. 
Those are from people who saw the film months ago. So Chinese people in the eyes of Europeans and Americans are just about clans, extravagant snobbery, a blind sense of superiority, and sovereignly clinging to outdated rules and ideas. Another user dismissed it by saying it pandered to hot-button U.S. issues of ethnic identity and inclusion without depicting anything that felt recognizably Chinese to mainlanders. Well, I guess it keeps the Americans watching it happy. The film released in August in North America and became a breakout, breakaway hit that scored $174 million. It also played strongly from September releases in much of the East Asia, including a $5 million haul in Singapore where the, much of the film is set. But after Warner Brothers struggled to have Crazy Jason obtain a coveted revenue-sharing import slot for China, it was unclear whether the effort was going to make it was going to be worth it. The studio's ultra-low-ball benchmark, like Crazy Jason's to Mommy, Here We Go Again, which launched in China in August and earned 602,000 Amy Schumer's I Feel Pretty, which was released in September and earned 206,000, turned out to be the right ones. Still getting a release in China was important for the producer's point of view. They aimed to shoot the sequel, Crazy Rich Girlfriend, at least partially in Shanghai and possibly as a co-production. I just thought that was interesting because definitely when you see a movie with a predominantly Asian cast released in China, you would presume it would do decent, but I guess what's something that's not novel, something that's unique for release in the U.S. markets is just kind of so-so over in China where it's like, yeah, I see all these these movies all the time. All Asian cast, that's what I have, that's probably 90% of the movies I see. I'd rather see Venom or I'd rather see another movie that has a more diverse cast in their opinion, maybe. I don't know. And kind of moving to, from movies to music, and this is a song that Probably a lot of my listeners could probably care less about, and that involves Ariana Grande's new song, Thank You Next, which released a music video, which is a love letter to Mean Girls, Legally Blonde, and more comedies. Four days after teasing on a clip of the music video for her latest single, Thank You Next, Ariana Grande has delivered in spades. Now it's finally here in all its early 2000s movie reference glory, complete with homages to classic romantic comedies and countless subtle nods to pop culture sprinkled throughout. Here are all the references we've spotted so far. The video opens with a Mean Girl-style montage of famous faces playing out the famous scenes from the movie in which high schoolers take turns bragging about copying Regina George and later Katie Heron, a la the famous I saw Katie Heron wearing cargo pants and flip-flops, so I went out and bought cargo pants and flip-flops. I'm your host, Liz, and as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host, Andrew John. Hi, Liz. Hi. What are we talking about today? We are talking about the quintessential aspect of adulting, which involves things like scheduling doctor's appointments, like what we're in the middle of is with like calling wedding-related things like DJs, photographers, all that stuff. So it's just not being able to... Have someone more adult than you handle those sort of things. And I get that from all the time. Like, we had it just this weekend with taking your car to get an oil change. And I Mm -hmm. dropped it off for you. And then wanted you to pick it up. And you gave me a little bit of a fuss about it. I hate talking to people. Like, that's the worst thing. I mean, I'm... (laughs) Rory. It's like... I don't know. I'm just not good at talking to people at all. 
What are you complaining about? I can talk to my cat all day long. Sorry, though. Max is smelling him. That's okay. I can make phone calls for Rory all day long because he's my baby. Yeah. Right? Or Maxie. But for myself, no. I have such a hard time with it. I don't know what it is. I've always had a hard time talking to people. No right. matter if it was in like a conversational way or like... I don't know, like making my own appointments. Right. I'm real bad at that. I, remember I haven't gone to the dent. I went to the dentist for the first time in two years about a month ago. Because mm-hmm. I just didn't want to talk to anybody. Got to keep to it. I guess I'll be the and one guess to have who, to. And guess who, who called to make an appointment for me? Not me. Is it your mother? Yeah, she made my appointment. Oh, gosh. You're going to be married in a month. Yep. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I, I remember even like a couple couple years back you not even wanted to call to like order food like oh, order yeah. carry out i still don't want to if it has an online option i'm taking that i mean i prefer that too just because it's easier but like, you don't have the issue like you'll go to a like it's not like you avoid like checkouts you'd rather go to like a self-check um if i had the choice i'd rather go to a self actually it depends on where i am first of all second of all probably how much if i have alcohol because if I have alcohol in the store, I can't go to a self-serve, or I won't, right. just because that's a pain in the butt, to try to get right. someone over to help you at a self-checkout. I feel like if you're going to a grocery store and you have, like, a, a handful of items, just go to the self-checkout, you're going to end up a lot faster than waiting in the line. Yeah. But if you have alcohol or, like, a full week's worth of groceries, you definitely want to just go to a person, that way you don't have to bag your own crap. Yeah, that's true. Even though, half the time we go to the grocery store, I end up bagging our crap anyway, because yeah. we don't have enough people. Right, it's usually someone running back and forth. It used to be like one bagger per checker, and now it's like one bagger for like three checkers. So he's always running back and forth. Yeah. But that's fine. Like, the most adult thing I did today was I called about our marriage license, which is something that every Hooray. wedding, future wedded person has to do. Except Because I didn't have to. I guilted a minute. Actually, yeah. I didn't really have to work that hard to guilt you in it. Yeah, like, can you do one thing for me today? Yeah, because Andrew had a mental health day. I just took I took a day for me, even though I got stuff done and still ended up working a little bit. Even taking a day off doesn't involve really taking a day off. But it happens. You need it every so often. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I, except I made the mistake of asking for... Asking about marriage licenses and not really about getting one. So I got put to an automated service about how to request your marriage license. I was like, that's not what I wanted. So I had to hang up, call back, and then talked about when we can come in what we have to bring with us all of that stuff so that's what we're doing this weekend hooray Hooray. so we can do even though some people i feel like get their marriage license super early we're just lazy it's fine we had had other things it's good it's like you said if you get it today it's good till february i'm like i don't need it in february i need it now but thank you and then even like tonight we're gonna go sit down with our photographer so that's more adulting things but yeah but I texted her and emailed her. It's so much nicer to talk to them on emails instead of uh, talking on the phone. I, that's the word. I don't like talking to people that I don't know already. Like, I know it's like the hardest thing for me is to like make an appointment somewhere new. Like, if I've been going somewhere for a long time, it's easy for me to make a phone call. But it's like, if I'm going somewhere brand new, like, I don't. It's like, I dread it. Like, like, the first, like, trying to, like, the first time calling any place, like, when I was searching out venues, like, that was the worst. I hated it. I had to do it all in one day because I was, like, 
This Men- is going to be terrible. You mentally prepared yourself for the one day of torture of calling a bunch of people. Yeah, same thing. Like, I block... It's almost like I block a day to make my calls because it's like I know I'm never going to do it, like, one time. I need to do it at one time while I'm thinking about it so I can mentally prepare for it. It's like getting shots. Yeah, except now since I did allergy shots, I don't really have that. It's yeah. more like getting blood taken. You'd rather just do it... Just do it all at once while I'm here. I, if I have to come back or wait a little bit, I I'm gonna. Don't want to come back. Oh my gosh, Max. He's being a good. He's, he missed you. He must have really missed me because he's just like never this cuddly ever. Aww. Oh. Oh, well, now he's grumpy. Sorry. I'm glad we got. I'm glad we got that on the recording too. Perfect. He's Max is just a bit of a character. I bless you. But yeah, it's just been a little bit. I think. I don't have any issues. I call people all the time for well, you, work. You for... also had a customer service job when you were, I mean, before this one. I did. And I... you talk, You worked at McDonald's. Yeah, but I didn't really, I wasn't like a... And you're just a naturally social person. I, I am, am a, not. I am. So like, and I, that's why I'm very nice to customer service, but I don't get mad. I can relate. So I'm usually pretty nice and it still ends up working out for me. Because mm-hmm. if you just be nice to someone, they're more likely to give you a... You can either complain a lot to get what you want, or if you're nice to them, they'll sometimes just do it anyway. Mm-hmm. That's why I've dealt with Comcast customer support and all that other stuff, just because if you ask them how they're doing and explain your situation, usually it still ends up working out. I also get, when I'm, like, something I always think about, too, is, like, getting the grumpy person whenever I call anywhere. What do you want? Like, I don't know. I've had some pretty grumpy people call, or, like, when I've made phone calls, they've been pretty grumpy, and it's like, makes me really... Like, I don't know. Then it just reaffirms my um, my belief that people are horrible. Yeah. I don't know how you worked, like, a checkout at a grocery store. and had I to... did. I don't know how I did it either. I think I was... I think I had someone really good trained me. Like, she just was so natural at it that I kind of rubbed off a little bit on me. I don't know. But, like, even in school, like, I was never one of those people to participate. Like, that would be always be my lowest grade. Oh, that reminds me. We should talk about... The most horrifying movie you watched this year. What do you mean? Watch oh, it. eighth grade. Yeah, where it was like looking in a mirror. It was so uh, bad. You were like, "This is giving me so much anxiety." Mm-hmm. I'm seeing myself. You yeah, were, it was. It's a really good movie. I recommend it. Yeah, but it's like the same thing. I've my middle school self on camera. You're like, oh my god, he captured it so well. He did. Oh, uh, yeah. That movie is just. Yeah, it's not. Like, I don't know. I feel like some people could see them and be like, oh, that's me. And it's like, no, it's not. It is definitely not you because of X, Y, Z. Like, I couldn't imagine, like, people that I knew, like, certain people that I know being like, oh, yeah, that was me. And be like, no, it wasn't. You were the, you know. You were that you were person. The, you were the popular person. You were the one who was always talking being, you know. Person like, voted like, most quiet. Yeah, you were not voted most quiet. Like, shut up. Yeah, <laughs> I, I. Holy like Liz, if she had the technology of now back then, that would be Liz. Except mm-hmm. I don't think she'd have a YouTube channel. No, I would not. I'd... You're too shy. Although I did have, I never. Yeah, no, I've never really. I don't think if I were nowadays, if I were someone from nowadays, I'd probably have something private though. I'd definitely be a blogger though. But have a, have, I don't a know. have a private Instagram. Yeah, something like that. Private YouTube channel. I don't know. You just post weird. In, like pictures with like comments like no i don't know what i would sunset. do i just don't want to even imagine it because children are terrible children are terrible says the teacher in the room i know the only 
Well, and then people ask me, they're like, well, you, you teach, so shouldn't you be good at talking to people? Absolutely not, because talking to children are is a completely different ballgame than talking to adults. Especially adults that are older than I am. Yeah, that that is something that's always weird. I've always been about, like, especially, like, when you have to, like, take on, not a leadership role, but to talk with a position of authority over someone who's much older than you. Mm-hmm. It's just, it's a weird feeling. You're like, this doesn't make sense. I'm always going to want to feel, not inferior, but I always want to feel like I need to put you up on a pedestal because you're the more senior person in this conversation or in this group. Mm-hmm. It's it's all just different. Yeah. Well, I felt the same like when I was an intern at places. Like there's like people out on like the factory floors who've been doing this for forty years, and there's this like twenty year old punk kid who's gonna try and tell them how to do their job better. Like no, that's not how this works. Yeah. I don't know. It's just I don't know. It's fine <laughs> being an adult. You got to do what you got to do, and you can't just let someone else do it for you. You or you can. can. You can. Or you can. <laughs> it's like Liz. It's like. Or I can milk it until until eternity, until my mother stops. I don't think you're, I think once you get married, your mom's gonna stop doing that stuff for you. Then you're just gonna have, make me do it. Yeah. It's like, I, but I'm just a '50s housewife. I can't make calls about things. Actually, I think that's the opposite. I think '50s housewives had to make the calls. I would be the opposite. Oh, that's true. You. I make Andrew a. You'd be a new age stay-at-home dad. No. Yeah. Except, no, that wouldn't work because I want to stay at home. <laughs> it's like, Forever. So like you want me to stay home and you can work, that's fine. That's... Yeah. It would be It would be different. Mm-hmm. I did enjoy being home today. I, don't, I think I would go insane. I don't think I can ever, like, retire. I don't believe that. I would I would need something. I would need a, like a new hobby or like a part time job. I would just work at Family Video, but it wouldn't exist then. So yeah, I could see you being a fish hobbyist because you have dragged me out to Timbuktu. Well, it really I isn't. I dragged it's, you to Hoffman, which is like a half hour away. No, forty five minutes. Okay, it was like twenty minutes from where we were. Mm-hmm. It's it was down by the by the big mall, mm-hmm. and it was fine. And it I would we wouldn't have had to do it if we just needed it sooner. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, we'd have gone like twenty minutes away, which is a lot easier. And it was one time. Yeah. And you got to see some some sadness there. Yeah. That oh, Liz didn't want to talk about. about it. It's fine. No, but even there, I'm too chicken to ask for help too at stores. Like, like you were all ready to ask for help, and I'm just like, eh, you let's can just, ask for help. I just, hate. Let's just I look hate, for it ourselves. Yeah, let's just look for it ourselves. No, sometimes you just can't. Or it's like you would. Um, I would say any like if we're like out anywhere and I like would ask someone like where something is you're like no 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 you're just you're, you kind of shy away from it. Oh, I totally do. I can't do that unless I'm very desperate. Like I will search for it till I'm. You would spend an unknown amount of time. Yeah, an exorbitant amount of time trying to to find something before I admit defeat. Yes, that's also me being stubborn too. I don't like admitting defeat when it comes to certain things. Yeah, I'm like trying to find. I get it. There's certain things like if I'm sure I'm like I know exactly where it is. It's up here, over here, and I'll go and I'll be like, it's right here, and it's not there. But like, they moved it. It's not like that. I don't know where it is. It's just that they've moved it. It's their fault. It's they're the ones who did something. So, mm-hmm. yes. So I, I I get it. That's just being a stubborn adult. Hello. Cat. Cat. Yeah. It. I don't. Know. I lost what I was saying when the cat mm. jumped on my lap. 
I don't know. Anything else you want to change course? Because this is our last episode Woo! of the season, so... Forever. Not forever. We'll be back. Darn it. I know. We'll be I back. don't like talking to people. This is the whole point. You're <laughs> fine. You're fine. We'll have a lot to talk about when we come back, because... We're taking time off because in the next few weeks we'll be married. And if we did one more episode, it'd be like the week for the wedding. And no. No, I'm... Too no. much going on. Liz will be... See, at, being adult, an adult, is knowing when you need your time to stop. You just don't keep going and going and going. You need you need to f- prioritize. And I think if we did an episode in like two weeks, it would just be Liz slowly screaming for a half no, hour. No, it would be Andrew doing it by himself because Liz would be way too frazzled so they're even noticing it at work already like they like one of my friends from work who's actually going to the wedding came up or like we ran into each other as we were leaving she's like you look really like like you look like something's wrong like well I'm like there's nothing really wrong I'm just like getting to that point where it's like yeah I'm getting married and that's another thing like I guess me as an adult and me as a child too I have to be the center of attention. I don't like it. And I think I've said that before. And the wedding, like, having me and Andrew be the center of... It's almost like I want Andrew to be the bride. He shouldn't walk down the aisle. And I can be, like, the sideshow. But really, it's like... No, you're going to have everyone looking at you. Everyone's going to be looking at me. The whole day. scary. It's so scary. All the pictures. I have to make decisions. Like, oh, what is... Like, my... My bridesmaids are like, oh, do you want our hair a certain way? I'm like, I don't care. Like, and then they're like looking to me for all these decisions. I'm like, like I don't know. Don't Liz ask is not me. the person you ask for decisions. Mm-hmm. Half the time that's it's why either. It's like, ask my mom. <laughs> that's like, that's how, I mean. She's in charge. She's in charge of things. I'm that's... just, I'm just here. We're gonna fuck the sodomites in the What up, Pod Daddy Nate? Welcome back. He went to fuck a penguin. <laughs> no, I took a Mike Norris. Oh. I had to run and take a quick hot Mike Norris there. Oh, and run to the toiletry there. So there's one, right, one there. right around the corner. Are you fucking with me? I went yeah. upstairs and I was like, "Where's the toilet? I can't can ask on the stream. podcast." You heard my stream? Yeah, last week I pissed on the show and, and Matt and Blaine like raided my stream. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting yeah, here commenting. Oh, like, the oh that back there. There's a pencil oh. sharpener in there if you need one too. <laughs> That's a really weird thing to have in a bathroom. It's I'm not really sure. It's not just in the bathroom, it's right over the toilet. <laughs> really? Like right here. Do you think someone was an artist that lived in this house and they really needed to sharpen their fucking pencils while they were shitting? I have inspiration. Dude. Right, like I need to draw right now, goddammit. Get me my Ticonderoga and let's get this shit going. <laughs> this is basically how it would have to be. I'm gonna draw this turd like a French girl. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> yeah, I just have, saw have Mr. Watched, Hanky. Have you ever watched ECL? <laughs> Tyler, have you ever watched Bestiality? Yeah. 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 Oh, Bestiality? What? Why are we on this? I don't know. I did it for science. I didn't jack off to it. (laughs) Well, no. I have a segue, actually. Okay. Did you hear about uh, in Wisconsin? I think it was University of Wisconsin had Nina Hartley, the porn star, come and speak to them about, like, STDs and all that. No. I guess it's caused some big controversy. 
No, really? I didn't see that. Yeah. You know it, what? I heard it on the radio. This she's time. like an older lady. Yeah, she's like a guild. Yeah, she you know what? I did, in fact, see something about that. That there was a professor that invited her to speak on behalf of porn stars, I guess. I don't know what the subject matter was exactly. I, well, I think but. it was like STDs and then like. like Sexual freedom for women is, and then like consent and all that kind of stuff. Gotcha, gotcha. I don't see what the controversy of that is. Well, I think it's because she's a porn star. Oh no, someone, a professional sex person. Yeah, a professional sex lady. I got caught. I got caught (laughs) selling porn at my middle school. Uh, (laughs) Middle school. (laughs) That's an amazing segue. Yeah. uh, Okay. I, I used to steal porn from people like their dad's porn stash. I used to steal it, and then I'd take it to school and I'd sell it. Um, That's a gangster hustle, bro. And I got caught because uh, one of my customers ratted me out. Uh, <laughs> this is my dad. I should have killed him. But Did um, you tell him it was stolen porn? No. Oh. Um, and I remember the, the assistant vice principal at that school. So principal's assistant's assistant called me into his office. He's got all the porn that I was selling on the desk. Like, he fucking cornered... Like, they had a whole porn sting to collect all my material <laughs> and fucking nail me to the wall, okay? You were the, you were the Heisenberg of middle school I was porn. the... I, I, I am the one who knocks when it comes to porn. <laughs> um, fuck you, Brian Cranston. But, uh... Uh-uh. You can't say that, that with me here. No, yeah, no, sir. We yeah, can't brush over this. I said it. So, no, we don't. So, he, he's got all the, all the material laid out on his desk. And he calls me in, and I sit down... And I'm just sitting there, and I'm just like... I just want you to be like, I denied every bit of it. No, yeah. I, I... I, Well, I mean, <laughs> I did. Is this your porn, son? I've never seen anything like this. I mean, this, I did deny it at first, <laughs> and he's like, I, I know that you are selling this at the school. Which what's, is just, what's porn? Which is just awful, and I was like, okay. And he said, son, and I, I had my hands like on the desk, like clasped together. He fucking put his hand on my hand. <laughs> And he's like, like that. And he's like, son, this is extremely demeaning to women. And th- that was my first experience with, like, other than, like, family, which my family, for the most part, like, my dad's family doesn't believe in censorship because we lived in Europe so long. And then, and I'm, I'm a big fan of no censorship on He's anything. Like, I'm a big fan of porn. Uh, I am a big fan of porn. Um, and then my mom's family were all just like, if we ignore it, it'll go away type people. So, like, my opinion of porn, especially when I was an impressionable young man who was a big fan of porn, was like, <laughs> this is just normal. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just... And then, like, now, like, you, if, if you get into, like, gender studies and stuff, like, the not uber-liberal, like... Um, binary, you know, like trigger type shit. Like, we as a species have glorified both man and women, men and women's bodies, since the fucking dawn of time. Yeah. Like have we, you seen some of them statues from the olden days? Oh yeah. Like, they Venus make, got them titties. A couple of them make my dick look big, which I'm really <laughs> impressed. Which one's that, Michelangelo? Yes. Um, Alex says you fucking pocket sized smut peddler. Yes. <laughs> No, I had I had some full size material in there, but a lot of it was pocket sized. It was good for travel. 
you know, <laughs> fit it in your uh, your toiletry bag. Smut on the go. Maybe a wallet. Yes, yeah, smut on the go. God, I needed you back then as my hype man. But uh, totally, that would have been great. You know, too. he's got he's got his hand on mine, and he, you know, this is extremely demeaning to women, son. And it's like, okay, first of all, I have an authority complex already, and you're calling me son. Like, go ahead and fist fuck yourself, because I'm not about this. <laughs> But secondly, like, I don't see the issue here because, like, it's just pictures of people. Like, they're naked. Like this a, is a respectable business, goddamn. Like, well, like, <laughs> not even, like, it's just, it's just fucking pictures. I would have looked at him and been like, sir, do you have kids? Did he have kids? I, well, I don't know. Okay. I mean, I, I can't say one okay. way or the other. But it's like, these aren't pictures of Hitler burning Jews alive. Like, this is just fucking naked people. Like, that chose to be naked together. That chose to be naked. That consented to be naked. They also agreed to fuck. Yes. Like, In you're going to tell ways. me you're going to tell me that it's demeaning to women to get their picture taken while they're getting railed. But they they chose to do that. Like no one no one strong-armed them into doing it. And you know they're not bitching about that fat ass paycheck at right. the end of the tunnel. But you're going to tell me that it's not demeaning that and th- this was this was my mentality. Like, this was when my thinking started to get really complex. You're telling me that, like, people in America working themselves to barely maintain the poverty line in America, literally until they die, is not demeaning to our fucking species. Totally. Like, again, please kindly go fist fuck yourself. Like we're one step up from slaves. Because I'm yes. Really? Yeah. I mean, really. Because I'm not about that life. We have to volunteer. They have to give us money because we volunteered. But if we don't volunteer, we don't make the money, which means we can't be a part of the system. Right. I mean, so, thank God this shit just got deep. Oh, yeah. fuck yeah, man. Oh, yeah. But so, yeah, that, that was my first major, like, porn interaction. And then, like for, the, like, for the next five years, I continued to steal porn I never, from people and sell it. I never did it. I just, I, I just sold it. <laughs> I never touched myself. I just sold it. This picture of Tyler being like Butters on South Park when he like was the pimp for yes, all. Oh my god! That's kind of what it was like. <laughs> and that's you exactly what a, it was like. You've done great, so you get a sunshine. But you did bad, so you get a frowny star. <laughs> you know, or a cloudy face. It was like, a cloudy oh shit, face. Brian, Brian Fisher's in here. Now shit's really gonna get serious. Oh no! Calm down. Yeah, Brian Fisher says Micah Taylor. Calm what down. What does ADT say? Uh, people want to look at porn and porn stars as shameful, but they aren't too good to jerk off to it. Right. I just like amateur porn, most importantly. I mean... And that crosses a weird line, too, because it's like, there are some videos you click on, you're like, oh, this is going to be amateur porn, and then you're like, wait a minute, there's a little too much production in this. You're not fucking being for real right now. Right, but I'm okay with that. Well, yeah, then you still... I like all the nice camera. Yeah, yeah. I like the cinematography. The, the (laughs) The lighting in this room is superb. I like the actual slow mo videos where they like slow mo the sound too, and you're like, yes. Ugh. <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know? It's hilarious. Oh, you guys, you guys ever watch the New Room massage videos? What? Like when, like when, uh, like really attractive woman laying on a table, massage therapist comes in, starts oiling them up, and then they end up fucking. Yes, but they're covered in fucking baby oil. Yeah. Too or what, shiny. Or what in my mind is like fucking KY 
as as, as the massage around. oil, and they're just sliding all around the place. Like, he goes almost, to put it in, he fucking falls into the wall. Totally yeah, misses like there. to me, like in my mind, like when I watch those, it's kind of like watching MXC. <laughs> no, <laughs> yeah. oh yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Pull up this video. I don't know if you guys have ever watched it on the show. Sorry, not to command you. I just thought of it. It's great. Have you guys seen the fucking Japanese video with the stairs that are lubed up? Yes. Oh, when the guys are in like the, the fucking weird outfits. They're all in. Okay, so look, search Japanese game show stairs. Okay, so essentially the game is this: they each care, each person has a different color on. They are lubed up. The stairs they're trying to climb are lubed up. There is a chest which has got a prize in the top of it. Yep, that's it. This Slippery right stairs game show. That yeah, is in that fact is it. basically what I think of when I watch the new <laughs> new room massage videos. Or like uh, uh, Van Wilder. Yes. When uh, <laughs> <Todd> <laughs> slides across there. Oh fuck. This shit is hilarious, man. It kills me every fucking time. They did this shit on like time. Jackass too, right? Yeah, yeah. Like so the, the whole like oh. the lube and then the whole like you can see the fucking lube hanging off of their bodies. But the best is they don't even do anything <laughs> and they travel backwards. <laughs> oh man! And the other thing too is all they're trying to do is just get to the top and get the chest. As long as they can get the chest, it's good. You know, but one guy goes down and everyone goes down. That yellow down. guy struggles the whole fucking video. <laughs> and by that, I don't mean the Asian man. I mean, <laughs> I mean the one in the yellow suit. Fuck. Oh, man. You know for a fact that nice someone... Nice Freudian save, You know though. for a fact that someone would fucking watch this video and be like, what a fucking racist bigot. Yeah, no. That's not your style. There goes orange down. I also kind of made this akin to like they're the Power Rangers trying yes, to climb up. Yeah. You know, it's just like, all right, Billy, <laughs> I like do your best, motherfucking. Okay, is that Jason's a microphone? Or are they just shooting him with more lube? Oh they're no! Shooting him with more lube. Let me tell you, at the, no, no, the, at the very top, at the very, 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 very top, they are still pouring lube onto the track the whole time. Micah says, I want to see Tyler do this. Yes. Oh, my God. <laughs> I would love to do this. I genuinely look, 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 how, look how close he is. Nick He's Maxson, if this. you're still watching this, make this a field day event oh next year. Oh, my God. It would be amazing. There he goes all the way to the bottom. Whoop. <laughs> oh, shit. I think you could probably fast forward it towards the end and just like, no, I don't keep even. Keep going. Keep just, just you just want it to roll there's through? A, there's okay. only like 30 seconds left. Okay, sure. 40 seconds. There uh, it is. I'm pretty sure that I can't tell if that's a camera or a lube gun, but do, do lube guns exist? I yeah, think, I, I think so. Lube guns. That's interesting. Is that a thing they also it use? It might be porn? a microphone. I mean, it could be. Like I think a it's a mic. I really mic. do. Uh, I like a <laughs> like, I told you. I told no. you. That guy fucking struggles. He's like, the I'm whole done. Time. I'm done. I'm I can't not doing it. I've done this. It's funny because in Japan, the Yellow Ranger is actually a dude. Yeah. And I've completed the Zhu uh, Ranger series and watched the original Power Rangers in Japanese. It's amazing. I'm super sad about the uh, the original Power Rangers, like U.S. Power Rangers, because yeah. you know Trina died. Yeah, in a car accident yeah, in like she, 2002. Well, and just that, I mean, that's a nice segue because that whole fucking first cast. I mean, other than Billy, like every one of them ultimately left the show due to contract disputes. Like, they didn't want to fucking pay him. Billy left due to bullying, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. he totally got bullied out yeah. of that position. Yep. Uh, Jason, uh, Jason was always my favorite as a kid. I was a big fan of the Red Ranger. Um, I liked uh, Tommy. Uh, I'm, I'm Green Ranger for life. But I was also a big fan of Billy. 
because he was smart like me. And uh, I actually liked I actually liked Rocky better as the Red Ranger than I did Jason. Jason. Mm-hmm. See, I, I like Jason so much more. I liked Jason more as the Gold Ranger. I didn't really yes. jive with him yeah. when he was Red Ranger, um, but when they brought him back in Zio. And he God, retri- that's my oh. favorite one. Zio is my favorite though, one. That era. Like, after Zio, I think it definitely drops off for I me I was the fandom. Gold Ranger for Halloween once. That's yeah. fucking amazing. I was the Green Ranger for Halloween once. I was also story. the White Ranger. I was the Blue two Ranger years in a row. for Halloween once. I, the, the costume still fit me, so I wore it again because I was badass. That's wicked. That's Tommy absolutely Oliver's wicked. badass. Tommy Oliver is badass, and he's still like... Dude, I cannot th- wait until that next Power Rangers movie where Tommy... If we're actually going to get it. You know, I, I this last be weekend... <laughs> This last weekend, we missed a chance to mi- to meet Jason David Frank at Louisville Supercon. Yeah. Oh. I, you there and was I, especially, a ton of people there. Especially around the, the LoffyCon time uh, this past summer, you and I were, were milling about the idea of cruising down to Louisville yeah. Supercon. Um, it just wasn't in the cards. Too much, too much going on. Tyler would be on. the heavy ranger. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I would, I would just be. Straight ripping him. I would show. be the portly ranger. What's wrong with being childish? I like being childish. Before I go, I just want to tell you you are fantastic. Never trust a hug. It's just a way to hide your face. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. Why are you pointing your screwdrivers like that? They're scientific instruments, not water pistols. Gallifrey! Yes, this must be where I live. Yeah, I don't know. It it doesn't have tomato meter yet because it was too fresh for... Did you like it, Sarah? The Merkins. I liked the idea of it. Okay. I liked, um, I liked uh, you know, good in theory, and then I didn't like how it was executed. I mean, because that idea of having some other conscious sort of pocket universe thing luring people is kind of, okay... All right, and then you got the cushion thing. I mean, that's in it's very Doctor Who, mm-hmm. it's a very Doctor Who thing. Mm-hmm. But I didn't like that they had to inject it with dead relatives and make it this yet Damn again, man. yet again. The only thread that we're getting that, as Nate is hopefully projecting, is going to all come together at the end into something grandiose. Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I don't know. It could have been cooler, I guess. Is Guess yeah, is my point. It was very emotionally charged because not only did you have the storyline of Graham having to cope with being reunited with fake Nan, <laughs> but you also <laughs> yeah. had to deal with the fact that they were shoving it down your throat that there's this disabled child, little girl. She's blind. She's blind. <laughs> she also talks kind of funny. She's. She's got some stuff going on with her, and she's just left in her house alone for, like, what, four days or something? Yes. And is that why they were, like, called to, like, go there? Did they just think something was wrong in that house that they just randomly saw in Norway? Ryan, they end up in Norway, and they're standing looking just at the mountains. They're like, oh, it's so pretty. It's 2018. Everything's so modern and stuff. And then there was no fire coming from the chimney or no smoke coming from the chimney and they thought in the middle of winter there should be fire coming from that house if there were people in there if something was not not wrong so they just went there'd be a nosy check it out and then she be a little breaking B&E. little beanie yeah, little, little doctor beanie little beanie from breaking the doctor. and entering eh? yeah i wonder how many times she would get arrested for beanie <laughs> 
probably a lot. <laughs> but anyway, so like you had to deal with the fact that there's this other oh. storyline because the father didn't disappear. He's actually a fucking scumbag. Yeah. And left his daughter to go into the pocket universe because the pocket universe lured him in with the like mm-hmm. visage of his dead wife. And yeah. he was afraid that if he left, he wouldn't be able to get back and find her. So mm-hmm. he just decides to leave his fucking blind daughter alone. No, she'll be fine. I, I oh, blockaded yeah, her in. Yeah, I was going to say, he, he even yeah. admits how scumbag he is by saying, there's food in the kitchen, but she'll be fine. But it gets worse. It's not just the fact that he left her and didn't come back. It's not just the fact that he left her to fend for herself, you know. As a blind person. It's also the fact that he kept her boarded up inside the house (laughs) and had speakers playing monster sounds. Told her there was a, yeah, made up a fake monster. Scaring her to stay (laughs) inside and never come out and get lost in the woods or run away or whatever. Like, what a piece of shit. Yeah, and, and then he gets a like happy a ending. Slayer T-shirt, and he's yeah. like all punk rock, and it's like you're a scumbag, dude. He yeah, just typical for a Slayer fan. Typical. Ah, <laughs> oh, rude. Shots fired. Shots fired. I'm a Metallica fan first, so you know. Anyway, still though, yeah, he, he was a scumbag. and then he gets gets uh you know rewarded at the end. It gets a happy ending, you know. Yeah. Well, not really. Not really, his though, wife's still dead. because yeah, I mean, ultimately he gets. And he had to. I don't feel bad for him. No, through the fact that he had to lose her again because she wasn't even fucking real. I do say but I feel bad die. for. I do feel bad <laughs> for Graham in this one though, because he has to, like he even is resistant at the very beginning. Like you're not. He's her. like, don't do this to me. Like we don't need to go through this song and dance again. Like There's he, no reason. he already knew that it wasn't real, and mm-hmm. he just like got sucked into the idea that it was her. And then it was or that it could be her. not her. Uh, yeah, I didn't want to go on that journey. Yeah, but I didn't want to again, go on that journey either. I mean, ultimately, this episode uh, does the one thing that it needs to do for these character story arcs, and it ties Graham and Ryan together. Ryan finally calling Graham granddad. And that that's a big thing because you take it back all the way back to the woman who so fell to earth. The, like I give a shit face. <laughs> but but the, you have to understand they've been creating this like subversive <laughs> resistance between Ryan accepting that. And 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 here we are, nine episodes deep, and they do give you that. You have to give them a little bit of fucking credit for creating a here's sound. My, like, here's subplot. my question: Could they also have done this while going golfing together, and not riding on the TARDIS? No, this story. That's not true at this, all. Uh, somebody. No fucking way. Oh, you're no, not no, my granddad. I'm I was a. And no. then all of a sudden. Uh uh-uh, uh, not on this one. I'm defending this one time because this is the one thing I actually like about this season, and I can't let you poo poo all over it. Okay? Do you feel what I'm Listen saying? No, you're wrong because they couldn't have just went golfing. There's a lot of fucked up things. Think about seeing someone you really love deceased, and how Ryan has to console See, Graham after this that. This is the argument that the writers who wrote this stuff are trying to make to the naysayers and the people who are watching it and not enjoying it they are trying to prove what nate is trying to prove which ultimately comes down to how much do you care yeah and it's like this i also think about it like this it's because it's the first time we're seeing jody as the doctor i guarantee you again if they orchestrate a flawless story to wrap up season 11 and then we get that new year's episode and then we do our season finale after our episode 11 and we are left in bafflement of how good it ends up being i guarantee you that after we watch the season finale we're gonna go 
well, now we have to watch the whole series again to catch everything that we missed because there were so many clever things that we missed. I don't think I'm going to want to do that. I we're gonna. I'm gonna roll the dice and say that that's what's going to happen, though. I'm gonna roll you heard the it dice here and first. Say it, it's not. Heard it here first. Okay. We'll see what happens. I hope I'm wrong. Okay. Let's just say that. I do have some other Doctor Who news I want to bring to you guys. There's a picture that's debuted of Jody for the New Year's episode. Do you guys want to see it? Okay. Okay. You ready? 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 Here's the reveal. Here's the grand reveal. It's Aww, she Jody. Has a little scarf. A little Doctor Who scarf. A little callback okay. to Tom Baker, possibly. Oh, that makes me happy. Okay. Doesn't Whatever. That... You've appeased me right okay, now. Okay. See? You, I mean, I like the scarf. You guys talk about the fashion show. There it is. She's holding her Sonic, whatever you call that thing. <laughs> that she uses way too much. She really and does. Just, in weird ways, been, too. Yeah, that's been a kind of a. It's almost like a crux <sighs> they've used. Okay, yeah, it's crux, like, yeah. it's like this. It's like, what's this creature? Oh, it's that. What's this door? Oh, it's that. How do you unlock this thing? Oh, it's that. Oh, how do you uh, make toast? Oh, it does that. Like, it does <laughs> right. everything, you know? Right. It's, and it's it's like, slow your roll. It's only a sonic device. It should yeah. be able to unlock things. That's why I like John Pertwee, man. Put up a cabinet or two. He doesn't, like, he didn't have, like... Oh, he just had his kung fu moves. Yeah, he had his kung fu and his Bessie. <laughs> and his fucking lace <laughs> car. Yeah. His Hell fucking yeah. capes. Yeah, man. He was He's a badass. <laughs> he was. More news. So, oh, yeah, oh go, go ahead. No, no, no you go, go first. Ahead, no, no, you, you go first. No, you go first. No, you go first. I don't remember Ladies what I was going to say. Really? Yeah. <laughs> Are you sure? Now I am. Okay. <laughs> Billy Piper's returning as Rose. <gasps> what? Did you just spoil something? No. What? Rose Tyler is played by Billy Piper is returning for a new Doctor Who audio spinoff. And she's bringing along her family and friends. So Rose Tyler, The Dimension Canon, is a new audio series made by Big Finish Production with association with BBC Studios. Following Rose through the dying parallel world. Also starring uh, Camille Cordry as uh, Jackie. Sean Dingwall as Pete. Uh... Somebody named Mark Benton as an alien investigator, Clive Finch, and Ellie Garnett as Carol Finch. Uh, so, a story... That is far less exciting than you initially led me to believe. Fuck you for that, by the way. <laughs> but I do like the idea of an audio story, and I'm... I love Billy Piper as Rose, and I love mm-hmm. Jackie Tyler, and I would love to hear them again. Come on, Sean Dingwall. It's Pete Tyler. Mm-hmm. Pete Tyler's mm-hmm. cool. And it's cool to also say that the the thing is called the Dimension Canon, and it's talking about the dying parallel world she's trapped in with the yeah, Tenth Doctor. Yeah, what does that mean? Like, uh, I mean, we are a do you think podcast, someday so. they will ever bring that world back? You know, maybe it would be interesting with to a have new like doctor. no, because you know what you mm. do because Ten is human, so he can't regenerate. He only has one heart. Billy as Rose is there as well. Okay. If you're going to do a story, do it as her and he's dying old because David Tennant at that point when you do the story is also older. Old. Well, he wouldn't be that much older. No, I don't want her to be old. Well, I'm talking like 10 years. You make up him up a little bit, you know? Give it some time. (laughs) (laughs) What? No, I think... Because he's going to age because he's not... He's not a time lord, you guys. He's going to age like a normal human. We're aware of that. So. Right, but I'm not saying I want to see him as an old 
doctor. Not super old. He's just older, and they're deeper in their journey. Well, like they, they. Well, yeah. Exactly. They're already older than when we last saw them. Fair point. So can they just be now? This is you're ruining it. You're ruining my fucking fantasy. All I wanted to say was, wouldn't it be cool if someday they came back? Yes. Yeah. I would love that. So why are you shitting on it? I'm not. Okay, great. I was agreeing. I was just saying if I was doing that, mm-hmm. I would tell the story from the perspective of Tenet being an older dude. Like, Oh, older, well, this is older. my fantasy. So, uh-huh. no, I wouldn't do that. Okay, I would fair. have it be, you know, the, probably the next season. Would it be like, uh, <laughs> oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Because like, this audio drama thing is coming on, you know. Yeah, um, it's true. I want to find out about that. I want to hear that story. And that it's, sounds fun. I mean, it's possible with, you know, jumping in a little bit of Journey into Comics news here that's a little over a week old at this point, but with Daredevil being canceled, Iron oh, yeah. Fist being canceled, Luke Cage being canceled, it only makes sense that Jessica Jones will be canceled. You think so? Punisher will be canceled. Oh, yeah, it's happening. Why? Because they're all going to move over to DC or over to Disney+. Plus. So that's an eventual thing that they're probably long-term planning, and Netflix was grateful for their time, but they're severing ties now while they can. Is that actually what happened or what you or your conjecture? They released a very positive statement about the about Daredevil and how they are looking forward to seeing it, um, Daredevil and other characters in future projects of Marvel, but they did not say they would be a part of that. So, yes, I think it was an amicable split. So the stories that we have gone on to enjoy, like Daredevil, with those actors and all that is over, and then whatever we get in future with those characters is something totally different? Could be the same. It could still be the mm-hmm. same characters, too. But- same show? Just on a different network kind of thing? Maybe not the same show directly, but maybe like a show where they're all like defenders together, but better. But not with the same actors? Yes, it would be the same. Oh. So, I mean, I would assume that they're going to keep things the same. It's just... How would that make sense, though? I, that doesn't make sense well, to Well, that's, that's for Journey into Comics is different. Thing. The only reason I brought that up is if Jessica Jones does, in fact, get canceled, that leaves David Tennant with a big, wide-open time to fill I was wondering why the schedule. hell we were talking about uh, comics yeah. on Gallifredio. I was trying to get you guys there, yeah. So uh, with Just David... the long way around. Yeah. Oh, that's a great Day of the Doctor reference. <laughs> get there the long way around. Uh, so... It would just be cool to see David Tennant return to Doctor Who maybe one more, two more times before his time is done. Uh, oh, my God, yes. I mean, absolutely. Duh. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. Uh, I would love to see him alongside Jody. Yeah. I mean, man, that'd be interesting. Just I'd those... love to see Christopher Eccleston alongside Jody. I don't think it's mm-hmm. going to happen. No, it would never maybe. happen. But Who knows? It, as long as we're like wanting to see things i'm gonna go for it speaking of sour doctors who are upset with uh oh who now they're well tom baker obviously uh but tom (laughs) baker has some some, there's an interesting little thing during tom baker's time as the doctor he actually wrote a script uh that script was lost (laughs) and not discovered unintentionally Mm. and not discovered until 2006 where it had accidentally been donated by one of the show's producers a long, long time ago, and it was in the British Film Institute just sitting. No shit. So Tom Baker got his script back out and turned it into a book. Doctor Who, Scratch Man, What Are You Afraid Of? 
The Doctor, Harry, and Sarah Jane Smith arrive at a remote Scottish island when their holiday is cut short by the appearance of strange creatures, hideous scarecrows preying on the local population. The islanders are living in fear, and the Doctor vows to save them all, but it doesn't go to plan. The time travelers have fallen into a trap, and the Scratch Man is coming for them. With the fate of the universe hanging in the balance, the Doctor must battle an ancient force from another dimension, one who can one who claims to be the devil. Scratch Man wants to know what the Doctor is most afraid of, and the Doctor's worst nightmares are coming out to play. Freaky. Hmm. Sounds like a cool book. Yeah, yeah. I kind of want to get it just for the fact that it's like a Tom Baker. He wrote it in the era of him being the Doctor. Like, yeah, that would be cool to read. Could could definitely be a great read. I miss for sure. reading books. It's time for Brews with Dudes. Ah, juicy. All right, we seem to be having a bit of a, 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 um, bit of a... disagreement over here. We got two beers left. We've got a cinnamon roll stout. with an ale. It's an imperial ale. And then a... A mint stout. Um, I th- think we should do cinnamon first. We did yeah. thick mint it's, imperial stout. A dessert. Yeah. Thank you, Tex. Actually, the, the we had that before. Southern thick tier. mint and then followed the cinnamon roll. And the cinnamon Southern roll tier makes totally delicious desserts. I know. The stuff you can see through from Southern tier. Sorry, Southern tier. Keep trying harder. But your desserts. Oh, lordy. <laughs> oh, the creme brulee. Oh my God! When they, They're when pumpkin you, ones. They're like warlock and the when you freaking got pumpkin. It, you got it. Have yeah. you had the cinnamon roll? Yeah, I have not had the cinnamon roll yet. You Dude, got it. We. I, <laughs> I don't. I Let's don't, open it up before Nick has a freaking I'm a, I'm aneurysm. To, I'm about to fucking lose my mind just looking at it. All right, we need a bottle opener. Well, that's about I got everything. It. All right, Nick's turn. All right, so, All right, so while Nick's gone, we're going to get this Thin Mint going. Yeah, while Nick's gone? <laughs> I walked fucking three feet to the right. Oh, that reminds me of that meme. Think I can get it, Austin? Yes. I think you can get it. Oh! Nailed it! All right, let's get pouring this. Weird beers too. Nick, you ever heard of that Backroad Brewery Ale? Yes. Heard of who? Backroad Brewery. Backroad. I don't think so. Uh, I think that's another brewery that you guys should, should do some uh, like Northern Indiana like brewery tour of so, like places that are re- place off the beaten path. <laughs> what an excellent transition! So, what we are getting ready to start is the Brews with Dudes Lafayette. Brews and Bowling Festival Tour, where we are going to try to go to different breweries, shoot an episode with their brewers, and then get them to commit to the upcoming Lafayette Brews and Bowling Music Festival, which will take place Saturday, June 1st at Market Square. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I have another then, it sounds like. Shit. (laughs) Are you making fun of my plug? No, he, I was handing him the mic, and he's like, I thought that was a beer. <laughs> Whoa. I can double fist. I can, I can. Ooh, that's another fun concept. We should do a double fist episode. <laughs> you got to have two beers in your hand at one time. So we're going to have to get mic stands up in here. Well, we can return. But, yeah. I have a feeling that the when we do the bottle share episode, that one's going to be like, 
we're gonna have to have multiple camera angles, and it's gonna be wild. We're gonna, all the that, hurdle. That, that sounds like we're gonna <laughs> we're press our. Uh, and beer. <laughs> we're just gonna do it in the living room. Oh have four God, camera angles. Ca- four camera angles. Really, oh, really push the limits. Southern Tears, Southern tier. Cinnamon Roll, this Imperial Ale. Give it to us. Man, fuck you, Southern Tier. <laughs> That's so good. This is oh, a lie. This, this, this isn't this is a beer. A <laughs> you liquefied a couple Cinnabons and put it in a bottle. That's exactly what it is. I just, you I just, raided Cinnabons and just, just <laughs> blasted Cinnabon. them into some wort. It's Holy so fuck. good, folks. Like, I'm the only housewife out there that wants a Cinnabon beer. I want to get <laughs> drunk on diabetes with yeah, this yeah, beer. Exactly. I want. I want to go get like kegs of it. Just kegs. Just I mean. kegs. It's so. Drink two and glasses just funnel and go to sleep. It so into my good. mouth, and I just want to just <laughs> blow up. The cool part. It, it doesn't happen very often, but I was I was browsing I was browsing through the Facebook and I saw somebody post about it and I was like, man, that sounds pretty good. And then that same day we went out, stopped at a liquor store and found it. I was like, then you open it. You know, I saw it and I'm like, that's that's what I'm getting. That's what I'm getting. There's no no other look. No, I looked at you and I said, if you don't get it, I'm getting it. Oh, it was it was so good. And then you just grabbed it right away. And then I looked over and saw this thick Fancy mitt, bitches then, so. huh? It's not it's not totally dark. Like you can see through it. Like you can see your finger through the cup. I I just made a whole bunch of um, uh, chocolate frosting at work. Make some uh, Mm. cinnamon bun frosting and put on the rim glasses. Is that that our next thing, Tex? Are we gonna try a cinnamon roll beer? This is. uh, We can do some like um, German chocolate cake beer if you want. We're gonna do all of the above. Are you do this next Monday? Are we gonna hang out next, um, next Monday, Chris? Maybe, maybe we need to. Get maybe Chris in here. And that will be the next, the you know, next poll that I put up. I'm totally gonna go get. Page. I'm gonna ask everyone on Bruises with Dudes, what do you want us to make next? We should, we should come up like three or four styles between us. Cinnamon and roll then beer. Give them the. You guys pick. No, We're trying to get back on it, guys. Tex and I have been working real hard lately, so we haven't had much time. We've but... been working hard at breweries, so we can't brew. Isn't yeah. that freaking weird? Yeah. <laughs> we can't. Brew. When's the last time you guys did brew? Man, it was a while back, but when we were, we we had a cavalcade of beers. We, we, <laughs> we sometimes were brewing twice a week. We had at one point we had four or five uh, fermenters filled up with beer. Like we we were going several really, cases really really hard for a while. We still have, I think, we got two cases of beer and then at least fifteen bombers. Came in fifth of the Whitestown Brewing Festival. We had no brewing circle to back us up. That's our next. That's the next big goal. That, that's one of my big 2019 things. Is I want to enter some contests. Fifth of 38, and we didn't even try for advertising. We had a whiteboard and no marker. Nick found a marker, and we had four beers that we did not. We were just like, eh. Yeah. Our <laughs> most pop- argu- arguably, our most popular beer was a ghost pepper stout. Yeah, people were coming, coming across the freaking place just to, I heard you guys got ghost pepper stout. What? We put we put cinnamon in it too, and after time went on, the cinnamon flavor became a little more prominent than the pepper. But another thing that someone pointed out to me too is that, yeah, five ounces of that beer, that's good stuff. Once you drink a pint of it, then you're starting to be like, oh, oh like well, that's yeah. easy restroom next day. Not yeah. pleasant, but it's easy. <laughs> oh. oh, that was a fun oh. beer. Oh. That's definitely one of the beers when I talk to people yeah. about it. They're like, you did what? I'm like, yeah. We can get some of the doctors on Pepper again and throw, that, throw them in some liquor. <laughs> we need to get the doctor back on board. Yeah. What beer did we brew with him? 
Was it one of those crazy stouts, like the blue el- blueberry or something? Yeah, it was something we did with them. I forget which one it was. What? I remember we got real drunk with uh, Alex and him at here in this main appear one day. I like day. how all my memories of our buddy Alex are so fuzzy because we're always so He's just lit drunk. city. <laughs> so drunk. You gotta, you gotta try that blueberry, like, vanilla mead they made. I know. I know. Silly. Every city. time I run into one of them, they mention it. I'm like, can we leave where we're at right now? And just, just go, go there. Go get it. Because I want it. I, I helped them bottle it. I got two good mouthfuls of it. 15 minutes later, I was like, who just got me drunk? <laughs> so, like, I just take some shots. Did somebody place? just drug me? Yeah. No. Nope. Did somebody just drunk me? Yeah. Just, what the fuck is this? Guilty. Guilty. Yeah. It's like problem? 14, 15. Yeah, and it shoots across the room after you get it. Oh, so it stays in there. And oh, you can just did you pow. wind it up first? You didn't wind it up first. Come on, man. Oh, I shoot it. Yeah, don't blast it. Freaking the <laughs> don't put the phone. Check out the screensaver. Oh! 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 <laughs> two for two. Two in one episode. <laughs> 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 All right, someone get this beer going. <laughs> if we had one more cap, we could do a hat trick. I know. We can open a damn. Uh, we can open this fridge. <laughs> if we gotta open a beer, we, I think you just pull on it. I mean, if we gotta drink, we'll drink. Uh, no beer in there. <laughs> nope. No beer in here. Not a single beer. I mean, it's looking pretty weak. He just pulled one out. That's. I think I have one of these as well. Oh, there we Ooh. go. Show that to Justin. Did, did I? Did, did I bring oh, this one over? Shit. Is that yours? Uh, somebody brought that as a gift for a show. Oh, that's right. Huh. Yeah, this um oh, my, oh age. <laughs> I'm so sorry, friend. Uh, Jason Kindred, Jason Kindred from Void King. Thank you, my no, friend. No, 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 <laughs> episode. Yeah, there we go. It's like that's a really good one, man. I don't know. <laughs> you fucking joking my ass? <laughs> oh, the, oh, the particle collider. I remember I got this one from. Uh, Colorado. We're, we we're digging open in the fridge one. now. <laughs> <laughs> Looking at the good ones. There we go. That's the that's the next one right there. Whoa. Well, we a, just pulled a champion. That'll be a, that, uh, that's final boss right there. We're, when's the last time we had a champion for an episode? It has been a minute. 2015 Jubel from Deschutes. I don't know. We're, we're, we're setting a record here with eight beers. So we might as well, well put I sat a down to help, it. so it's like, you know. We're in. We're in it, guys. This All is right. the thick... Thick, thick mint thick imperial mint. stout. Thick mint thick stout from Southern In, Tier. Imperial stout. Cheers, Southern everyone. T- Southern Tier, like seriously, like fucking quit it. <laughs> it's just or like, no. Oh my or lord, no. it's just. <laughs> I remember this one on the way home. It's just it's, the, it's, it's like a thin mint, but thick. It's a thick yeah. thin mint. Gee, what what's the heat on that? Ten percent. No. Two seven. No, it's ten percent. It's, it's, it's a light Berliner. <laughs> Two seven. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? Ten percent imperial stout. Come on, man. Let's see things. if I can read a little bit about it. Why am I so offended? A dessert. A dessert beer brewed with chocolate and mint. It's their Blackwater series. Part of it. Blackwater part. It goes a. Decadent stout with notes of sweet chocolate and refreshing mint. Ten percent by volume, twenty proof. Color very dark brown. Body creamy, heavy. Bitterness moderate. But does it have the SRM? No. 
It says our dessert beers are a fusion of exotic flavors, making each of them a perfect pairing when you are craving an exceptional stout full of personality. Shut up. <laughs> SRM, shut up. That's dessert. Th- this actually tastes like I want to eat it with like a chocolate amaretto pie. I want to drink this with a chocolate amaretto pie, and I just want to just get death on diabetes while drunk. I want to pour it into some mint chocolate chip ice cream I make and just hit oh, the blender button. You, you could, we, have, we have mint so this is like chocolate cookies, but chip ice cream. I want to make it, <laughs> but <laughs> but you know what? Right, I, right, that that reminds me. I want to I want to take that cinnamon roll beer and take some uh, some some uh, salted caramel ice cream and make a milkshake out of it. That sounds great. Ice cream I used to make. Pat and I um, uh, put a bourbon county into it and hit the blender button. Yeah, we. Uh, I that get, was stupider and stupid can get. I, I get beer milkshakes <laughs> from the pint over in West Lafayette. They're so good. We're starting to do it in Moontown. It's pretty good, but it, they can be hit with our Cecil. Tastes like a it freaking It depends on what the sickle. lineup is. I know. And like it depends on what you it's order. It's taken four months to get nice, everyone on board. But I haven't... Happen. Uh, I've not been... I, I went to Moontown um, back in... It was January. It might have been... It had to have been this year. Because they've not been open yeah. very long. Yeah, it's so this year. I went there. We, we were going down to Indy for, for our buddy's birthday. <laughs> We stopped in at Moontown because I called them and they said they were open. And it was like super, super, super soft opening. And it was cool. It's still a really cool spot. I really liked it. And then a couple weeks ago, I went back again to hang out with Tex before he got off work. And you couldn't even tell it was the same place. It was so renovated and it looked so fucking nice. The Moontown in uh, Whitestown, Whitestown, Indiana, is one of the nicest spots i've been to in the whole state it's the place looks fucking awesome the food was fucking amazing the desserts are amazing i make them so i haven't had the desserts (laughs) yeah but i know he is uh, a hell of a hand in the kitchen so i like sugar i used to be like almost pre-diabetic as a child i love sugar all my desserts are amazing. <laughs> he overcame by <laughs> making it for every, by giving it to everyone else. <laughs> All right, kids, are we are we diving into this last one? Yeah, we freaking let's. Uh, <laughs> Tex is about to cry. <laughs> yeah, so, so excited. All right, so Tex, I have it wound up. Let's see if you can. Oh, uh, boy, wound up. Did you me? bring this one? Yeah, from Colorado. Okay, like they had these for um, it was eight ninety eight a bottle. <laughs> Originally wow. like twenty something dollars. It's hilarious because somebody was telling me, um, Looker Mart, Boulder, what up? Thank you. People were telling me like on the East Coast, like months after like Bourbon County releases, you can still find it on because they just don't. It's care. dusty in Florida. I went yeah. down down to visit my parents' place in Florida. There's like mm-hmm. fifteen twenty boxes of last year's Bourbon County just gathering dust. I wonder if there are things like that hidden on like BBS shelves around here. Oh, like, turn it from- upside down. It don't matter how you shoot it. Get it. Oh! No trifecta today, kids. Two out of three is still a D plus, kids. Because, baby, <laughs> two out of three aim, Ben. Unless you're at like a you Purdue engineering like, uh, class, then that's, like, that's an A. <laughs> Fuck. Way to slam Purdue. 